Welcome to the Talking Shop Podcast. My name is Michael at Medium Rare Cards on IG. The guy over oop, there is Josh. The Brady Bunch. You have to look with the it. Grand Slam cards. My co-host, Josh. How the heck are you, man? I'm finer than frog hair. Never understand that. <clears throat> well, frog hair is very fine. I am. I am good. <laughs> Can't so, complain. how was your weekend? My weekend, uh, busy day at the shop on Saturday here, and then what did we do Sunday? Typical family stuff. It was well, it rained all day, so we really didn't oh, yeah. do anything. We just kind of, I think, we just chilled. It was good. Whatever it was, it wasn't anything crazy. Well, I, um, for you guys who don't know me, my my brother-in-law Pete lived with us for a couple years, and this weekend we helped him move. He is now in Houston, Texas. Pete, shout out to Pete. I miss you. I love you. Um, and uh, you uh, are going to be awesome because now you're Texas Pete, and we all love Texas Pete. And the Texans have a new quarterback. <laughs> Who? Who's the Texans' uh, new quarterback? Stroud, number two pick, right? Is he going to start? Yeah, probably. Davis Mills. You spend your number two pick to sit him on the bench, or what? So, so if I was, if if you look at the history of the NFL, especially recent history, I think you sit him for a little bit. Well, yeah. Why they haven't figured that out? These guys get thrown to the wolves and then <laughs> stumble a little bit and then they never get another chance. But I mean, it's just, could you imagine, Josh, could you imagine having to do your job at the shop, all five of your jobs at the shop? And then just have 300 pound men chasing you around <laughs> while you're trying to do your job, trying to rip your head off the whole time. Well, yeah, as long as I had other 300 pound men. <laughs> blocking for me and that's the key usually teams that get high picks for quarterbacks don't have any block anybody blocking so true that true that Um, there was a card show because i was helping my brother uh move and the weather was crappy but the car there was a card show a big card show in raleigh this weekend and i have it on good authority that from one person that it was very slow and have it from good authority from another person that said it was great. So perspectives are weird, right? But, um, what did, did you hear anything uh, about the, the the show there? I didn't know. I usually wait and, and talk to you or Jay or someone else that's, that's at it and get the, get the vibe there. But yeah, it can be a, a slow show, but if you sell a bunch of stuff, it's a pretty good show, even yeah. if it was slow. So yeah. I've been to those. And <clears throat> well, let's let's get caught up a little bit. Facebook user. Hello, Derek is in the house. Another Facebook user. I don't know if that's the same one. Um, as long as the Cowboys still lose. Who's who's trolling you there? I that's recognize my, my middle name there. Yeah, that's the maiden name. That's my sister. So <laughs> And living Lilia, so pumped for Grand Slams cards trades night this Saturday. Yes, so are we. We're preparing it 
uh, I did some advertising. You probably can't scroll through Instagram or Facebook without seeing some sort of advertisement about it. There's Robert Knight. Robert, aren't you going to be at the, I haven't looked at the list. Robert's usually at trade night. So that's going to be fun. I have to juggle like the shop is open till five and trade night starts 10 minutes away, five minutes away at four. So we got to do a little juggling to get stuff over there. So, well, I, uh, there is another show earlier that day in Charlotte Burke show. Yep. Uh, I am not setting up at that show. So hopefully I can help set up over at, uh, Hard night, Josh. It's not so true. here's a question for you, Michael. You could probably answer this. Ed here, how many tables can you rent at the show? The max number. Well, uh, I think the first time we did this, it was two was the max number. Um, now, Ed, they are they're eight footers, not all of them, but you could you could I could probably get you two eight footers. That's a lot of real estate. That is a lot of real estate. Um, well, right, right now, we, um, we have a little over 20 tables, almost 30 tables. So uh, we have room for a few more. Um, but remember, you do not have to have a table to come to card night. Come anyway. Do that. Um, so uh, we'd love to see you there. George, won't be the same without you. Um, Ed oh, and I are not driving. Four hours, just curious. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if that was you, Ed, and I was wondering why you would ask that, but <laughs> it's a good question. Others might have that same question. Um, maybe I'll do, I need to set up the camera and do like, I did the time lapse last time. Maybe I should do the like Facebook live. People can peek in at the live shot. Absolutely. We'll maybe we'll do that. Ed, you can check it out that way. So, um, another thing I wanted to bring up was the NBA playoffs. Any surprises there? I mean, the Bucks not in it. That's just, that's probably my my biggest one. But yeah, I think at the very beginning, I think I said Warriors would be my pick. Mm-hmm. Lakers are surprising me, but as much as I don't like them or LeBron, LeBron winning another ring is good for business. Steph did not get lucky. Steph put up fifty points. That's not really luck. That's skill. The Kings but, are good, though. The King—that's a good basketball team. They're going to be—they're yeah. going to be a problem uh, next year. Uh, the Suns uh, are going to have their hands full with the Nuggets in this round. Uh, I don't think either one of those teams were challenged in the first in the first round. So um, we'll we'll see. Still thinking Tatum is now that Giannis and the Bucks are not around. I think I think Jason Tatum's path to the finals is a little, little easier. And I think that was your pick too, right? So, um, well, let me just do a quick rundown uh, just for folks that are joining us for the first time. And if you have are joining us for the first time, please hang out, like, leave some comments, like, subscribe. It, yeah, what do the, the, the kids say? Smash. Smash that like. Um, I bet you can't hit that like button. <laughs> We're going to talk about what's heading to the shelves uh, at Grand Slam. Uh, not much, but we do have a couple breaks that we're um, going to talk about that uh, if they fill tonight. Uh, Josh mm-hmm. did say that he would break them tonight. So 
Yeah. We will all want Josh to stay at the shop for as long as possible tonight. So these are filled. These are breaking after the podcast. It's the, uh, the football one that has a few spots left and I'll break that too. Also tonight and, um, not see my family <laughs> if Let's, we can get those full. So then we're going to jump behind the counter and talk about a really, really special card. We talked about this full episode interviewed the, the owner of the card, the one that, uh, that pulled it years ago, but now that card is back from grading. If you guys have an idea of what that grade is, drop it in the comments. Love to see what you guys think it got from Beckett. We're going to finish up some questions we didn't get to last week. We're going to do card from the vault. Hits from the shop. Got some good ones. Crazy stat of the week. But Josh, what's coming to the shop next week? <laughs> Two cool products are coming. This is a little lighter week for... Um... For releases. Now we sold out of this once or twice. This is fully stocked back in the shop. So if you want your 2023 Bowman, got hobby boxes back in shop. So while there's not much new, we have filled in some stuff. That Bowman's Best University, we got more of it in today. So the shelves are stocked. Um and next week, what is it? Donner's Optic football and basketball. So and two- basketball. That's crazy products. Yep. So that gives us a little, little credit card breather for this. week, (laughs) And then then hits us. So I guess only three spots left in the football. So we may be doing, maybe doing all those tonight. Nice. Nice. Well, um, about that Bowman break, I, I, we were like, man, that we were talking about in the pregame. They were like that break filled so quickly. I was like, it was the headline. It was the headline for the break. And the headline was what Josh? Let's chase that million dollar card. Million dollar bounty. What do you think of these bounties? And then I'm going to chime in on how I think they're handling these bounties. Uh, The break is full. Sweet. Um, So the million dollar bounty definitely has this big asterisk after it. Um, (laughs) So it's 250,000 up front and then an additional $750,000 if Drew Jones makes the Hall of Fame. So you're going to have to wait for a while. We've joked in the store, like, if I pulled that card, I'm going to him and saying, do me 400 now and we'll call it good for the <laughs> here because I'll take my chances with 400 hey. grand now. Uh, so, yeah, that's my thought. I, I really like the bounty idea. It does generate a little excitement for the product. It helps us all sell it does generally tend to drive the price up a little bit. Mm, Good point. But what about the conspiracy theory of, for instance, what if they put a bounty on this card? Because the the object, obviously, of the bounty is to drive demand for this product. What if it's pulled on launch day? You know, so then the conspiracy theorists will say, well, that card's in the last batch to go out from top, Mm. you know, we're fanatics now. But there's a thought there, too, that they kind of they know which box that one's in. Now, it might randomly go out, but it's there's the theory it's not going out on the uh, the launch day allocation. So I remember it was really fun when uh, Otani 2018 there was a bounty on that card. And I think it was like 
I remember right, like 400 grand or something, because I know there were card shops and other, and other distributors that were offering like $250,000 bounty. Well, yeah, because they're going to buy it for 250 and sell it for 400. So whatever the bounty was, but I remember seeing the article when, when an older gentleman finally pulled that card. Um, Yeah. Mackie's got the same thought I have probably the, the backyard losers will get it. They get the loaded boxes all the time, but yeah, let's hope that they don't, you know, it was really cool when you saw like some 50 year old dude got the Otani, you know, one of one super fractor. So let's hope someone deserving gets it. So here's my thought. Here's my thought um, on these bounties. And I have a little bit of insight because I used to, I used to be in the golf business. Um, But I mean, you could swing a dead cat around and hit somebody that's in the system. (laughs) I don't think that I was anything special in the golf world, but part of my role when I was an assistant golf professional at a course was to put together these golf tournaments, these charity tournaments sometimes. Yeah. And so some of these charity tournaments would have these, golf if you got a hole in one you would win like fifty thousand dollars or you know a bmw and they put the little bmw out on the water you know or behind the tee box in the water yeah on these platforms it was cool and and i was just dumb i didn't know any better i'm like where are we going to get the fifty thousand dollars from well you don't what you do is you buy an insurance policy so these insurance policies know what the the uh, chance of of get of an amateur getting a hole in one, which is like one in twenty five thousand. Yeah, they'll insure it for like two grand. Right? No, it was actually for fifty for a fifty thousand dollar hole in one. It was like seven hundred dollars for the day. Wow, one day. I I think this Drew Jones. Bounty is only good for 30 days. Interesting. I didn't hear that. So I think what they did and what all these bounties are, I don't know, but I'm thinking that they bought a, an insurance policy on the on somebody pulling this card for a 30-day window, and it pays out $250,000. Now, how they wrote in the whole Hall of Fame thing? Yeah. I don't know. You didn't mention that. Can you go into what the other half? Did you mention what the other half was? The other, yeah, I I just heard two two hundred fifty up front and seven hundred fifty if uh, if. He makes, if he makes the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. I think yes. it would. I I what are the what are the odds? I would love to see if anybody is a statistician in the chat. If the odds are longer to pull the superfractor than it is for him to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, or just sheer like what what pick was he in the draft, or like what how many of the top ten picks in the draft ever make the Hall of Fame? You know that would be a really cool stat of the week. Yeah, so crazy, crazy. Well, it's all going to be over tonight. We're going to pull it tonight anyway. So tune in. We're, we're going to talk about a card that could potentially be worth more than that. This Ooh. Jordan card, and you're going to see this thing's officially authenticated. So. All, all the losers that said it's probably a fake card. <laughs> well, well, let's get let's jump behind the counter here and, and talk about this. So to catch people up, 
Can you just give a little bit of the origin story about the card? And then, um, and while you're giving that, I will find the original photo and Jacob can put it up. And so we can get people to, while you're telling the story, we can get people to guess what the grade is. Or uh, like I can do it like this, perhaps. Yeah. So um, go ahead and tell a little bit of that origin story. Yeah. A customer came in a few years ago, uh, pre-COVID, wanted us to look at some cards. This was one of them. It's um, a Soul of the Game Michael Jordan insert from the mid to late 90s. And uh, he said, you know, I've never seen another card like this. And I thought, oh, that's cool. And so I'm thinking I can find another card like this. I have eBay at my fingertips. so. We go to eBay and you can't find another white lettered soul of the game card anywhere. So that had us intrigued. We said, um, let's send it off to have it graded for you. And it came back from PSA kind of like, we don't know what to do with this card. We're not grading it. And so he tucked it away. This is a card he pulled FYI back in the nineties from a card shop out of town somewhere as a young man just pulled the card, thought it was really cool and just kept it in his collection ever since. He remembers opening it from a pack and pulling it. So um, we were intrigued, but didn't think a ton about it. And then, um, you know, a couple months ago, he brings it back in. We look at it again. Uh, One of the guys here says, we need to, we need to dig into this thing and really, and really figure out what it is. So again, we put the challenge out there, find the find any one of these soul of the game cards with white lettering. Cause typically the lettering is rainbowed colored. And so can't find it. It just, it's just a unicorn that, that we cannot find. And we thought, well, not only is that is it's Michael Jordan. So we did some digging. You actually talked via messenger to one of the original designers of the card yeah. at skybox at the time or whatever it was at the time. Um, and they said, yeah, they were all supposed to be rainbowed if one got out. So the mystery of this one is, and we've kind of figured out, the tops of the letters have the coloring and it's kind of uh, foil coloring. So the machine probably went through and foil colored and then it's supposed to go back over and rainbow color in uh, with a matte. And for some reason, it didn't get a matte finish. So to make a long story short, we've reached out to Beckett and Beckett said, well, there you go. There's the, the raw version of the card. So Beckett said, yeah, we'll take a look at it and potentially authenticate it and grade it. And so we sent it to them. Um, if I remember right, there's a really big Jordan collector high up at Beckett, right? If you, I think I heard that. But anyway. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there are Jordan collectors that have no idea this card exists. Yeah. So one of the guys here jumped on a Facebook group um, and a Michael Jordan Facebook group posted the picture, said, anybody have an idea? Ever seen one of these? And it was, you know, he was ate up with, it's probably fake. Nice try, da, da, da. And so, all right. He kind of said, well, I was told to come here because y'all were knowledgeable. I guess not. So so now we can take that back to that group and say, check it out. It's authentic. So here's the challenge. You know, we, we want to reach out to, you know, sports card investor. I think he needs to get behind this card and see if we can figure out this. The, the part we're stumped on is that if this did make it out without being colored, there should have been a whole sheet 
because these right. cards aren't made individually. They're made on sheets. And so the whole sheet should have not been colored. So there should be like the Frank Thomas no-name error. It should have uh, other cards without the coloring and other players. Can't find it. Never have. I've looked and looked and looked. We've had lots of people look. Cannot find one. So this, now that it's authentic, uh, we are going to market this thing. We're going to shop it around at the National this year and uh, see if we can create some waves with it. Tell me your thoughts, Michael. What do you think? Oh, and for those guessing, I'll give a little hint on the on the grade. I feel like they took the surface into consideration. So maybe that would change some of y'all's guesses, but well, I'm, yeah. well, I give my thoughts, Jacob, if you could throw some of the guesses up there. Um, I think this is an extraordinary, the story behind it is extraordinary. Uh, the fact that somebody pulled this card and sort of just tucked it away from 20 for 20 some odd years. <laughs> Um, is is nuts to me, but I'm a new collector, right? Um, we've talked about this, Josh. You know, some of the most valuable collector collectors items were not collectible when they were pulled. Sure. So this would not. I mean, we live in a day and age to where you know there are super short prints and image variations and all kinds of different parallels. So a card like this, I don't know if the, what was the owner's name? I forgot the owner's name. Tony. Um, Tony. I'm not sure what his mindset was, but I don't know if he knew that this was a card in uh, an insert in the set that you're supposed to be chasing. He may right. have been a bit disappointed because it didn't have the color in it. doesn't look as good as the other one. If you see the actual ones, yeah. they uh, they look really cool. Yeah, I got to think, too. Back at that time, you couldn't just jump on eBay and type in Soul of the Game and get every Soul of the Game card pulling up. So you'd have to go to card shows and local card shops and hunt around and say, hey, I see the rainbow. These must be harder to pull. But really to think that you couldn't find another one is really pretty interesting. So, Well, um, I am excited to see what sort of response we could start getting from not only Michael Jordan super collectors or Michael Jordan uh, Facebook groups or Instagram accounts, but the hobby itself, just because um, he's so iconic. And this card is just quirky enough to me to where someone's yeah. going to want this in the collection. So, ha yeah. so um, we've got all the, the guesses in. So are we ready to reveal sure okay. jacob you're gonna blow his side of the oh no not me there we go all right guys i wish we had a drum roll ready to go maybe jacob <laughs> well it ain't good but oh he had the he had the applause going <laughs> so here's the subgrades the edges got a nine the corners got a nine. The surface got a five. So they really dinged it on the surface. And the centering, if you look, it's hard, hard to see, I know. But if you look, the, uh, the black part of the G is all the way to the edge. There's no white there. So it is off-centered a little bit. But 
to have it authenticated in a slab, um, it was our ultimate goal. We were not so concerned about the grade. So um, now we can shop this around, show it on videos, show it in, in groups and uh, messages without being told it's probably fake. So it's a legitimate card. You may see it at the National. You may see a sports card investor do something on it if we can get a hold of them. So Absolutely. Well, that, I mean, so like you said, the ultimate goal was to get it authenticated. Yep. The ultimate goal was to prove without a shadow of a doubt that it was not a, a faked card. Or um, yeah. I, yep. I just, it would be amazing. It would be amazing if these things started coming, like if, so according to the designer, um, I think her name was Jean, his, I think it was she, her, her name is Jean. Um, that that it had to be a sheet of these things. Right. It had to be. It had to be. And so a sheet of every player in that set. So there are there. It would be amazing if there was just these one ones of this card for every player floating yeah. around. Well, and I don't think so. A sheet wouldn't have every. I think it's like. If I, I've seen some, we have some uncut sheets here, but it's like you need three sheets to make up the set, I think. So I don't think it would even be. But that's an month. insert set, right? Uh, fair enough. There you go. Yeah, because there is 15 of them. So, all right. You're right. So. Or what if they all got thrown out except for the Jordan? And then they, and like they put it in the pack? pack? Yeah. it's And that's the thing. That's the thing that's baffling to me. It'd be one thing if this walked out the door uh, at, at at upper deck, and and somebody had uh, a print shop cut it professionally, and so the so the the edges and the corners looked good. But yeah, he pulled but, it from the pack. Yeah, and and Beckett would catch stuff like that, stuff that had been trimmed or cut itself. I guess I don't I don't know. It's it's really strange. Um, you know, we talk about those Frank Thomas cards, you know, and how much money those fetch. This isn't Michael Jordan, it's Frank Thomas. And so this is Michael Jordan for one. And for two, I think there's known to be 300 and something of that no name Frank Thomas, where this one is just as of right now, just one. So, um, yeah. Well, Super. drop it in the comments. What would you do with this card? What do you think? It will eventually sell for either before. I'm sure there's a number in everybody's head over there on what you guys would take before the national. <laughs> but having this at the national, maybe on display, maybe a heritage or a golden will have it on display, depending on who you guys decide to maybe broker this with. But um, what a cool card. What yeah, an absolute sure. cool card. And the fact that it's in um it's in my local card shop makes it even <laughs> makes it even cooler. So we'll see. Throwing it out there. Jeff Wilson, uh the guys from Sports Card Nonsense, other big content creators. Would love to get your take on it. I've Figure reached out to some, out. Yeah, I've reached out to some of you on Instagram. Hit me back set up an interview. We'd love to get your thoughts on it. All right. On to 
some listener questions we did not get to this morning. So let me bring those up and let's, Jacob, are you there? Go. What's this first question? Drum roll. <laughs> I've heard you talk about how you got started collecting sport cards, sports cards. What was the very first card you ever got, and do you still have it? So I, I do know I'm pretty confident of the very first cards I bought, and it was like a ton of people. 1987 Topps baseball with the wood border frame. That was without a doubt. Those were the first cards I ever bought. I would have been eight years old. Wait, 87, nine years old. I was born in 79, eight years old. So, and that's, that's where I started. Um, bought them at the gas station. That's where we got our cards in our small town was at uh, two different gas stations. And that's where I started. We joke around at my house. My younger brother and I would collect baseball cards and I would set up in one corner of the living room over in a corner and I'd lay my cards out. And that was my card shop. And then he'd go in the other room <laughs> across the other side of the room, lay his cards out. And then you could go visit each other's card shop. And um, guess what I named my card shop. This is back in 87, 88. Grand Slam. Can you believe that? Are you kidding? Me? I'm kidding you. I'm just joking. <laughs> okay, I was about to say. Like, no, this is, this is I do not, like a Disney is. movie. Joey's teasing me right there. That was the name <laughs> of my shop. Buy it or trade it. <laughs> buy it or trade it. And I, I would tell him, come on over to buy it or trade it. Check out my inventory. Well, mine is very similar. And I still have it. And Josh made fun of me back when we first started this podcast, because I had just gotten it back from grading at that point, but it's up here on my wall and it is, and everybody wanted this one. It was the Bo Jackson future stars out of that 87 set. <laughs> and I got it graded. I might, it was at my parents' house in a shoebox for years. I'm like, I don't care what the grade is. I pulled this thing. I remember seeing this thing and saying, Bo Jackson's so cool. Uh, it's part of the reason I, it's part of the reason why I went to Auburn because of Bo Jackson, but uh, it's a PSA. Yes. PSA five. That's what happens when you keep things in a shoebox and not in top loaders. And stuff. And then decide to blindfold yourself and send it to PSA. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, let me answer this question. Dave yeah. says, Josh, what is your favorite PC and what is your grail you would love? So, Growing up, everyone wanted my bro my older brother had one, the 89 upper deck Ken Griffey Jr. You know, everyone that had it had it in a big fat screw down case or whatever, like he did. And we all were jealous of that card. So growing up, that was a card I wanted because I think it was just the most expensive card at the time. Um, as I've gotten older, so I don't know if many people know when I when we bought Grand Slam and I hadn't collected cards in, in many, many, many years since I was since the 90s, I said, well. I'm going to work here and run this place. I should probably collect something. And who should I collect? Well, I'm a big Patriots fan and they, I, you know, I was a Tom Brady Homer even before this card shop. So I said, I guess I'll collect Tom Brady. So the shop had a little stack of Brady's in the case. And I said, well, I'll buy all these first. And then I would go to card shows and just go through the $2 boxes, $5 boxes. And, and it's grown to, you know, several thousand Brady cards now, but um, I have a, what my favorite one is probably 
man, I'll show it on the next podcast. I picked up an autograph card of his at the last national that I wasn't planning on. And I am in love with that card. Um, I have a new chaser card that like, I couldn't be, I probably couldn't buy very much at this upcoming national if I try to get this card, but it's stay tuned for a few minutes for card from the shop. And it is the Brady variation of one of the cards I'm going to show. So I would really love it. It's just so expensive. And uh, people, I have to remind people too, like when I take money and I buy a Brady card from someone, I take it and I put it in my Brady collection box or in a shelf at home and it stays there. So it's like taking that money and sticking it in a box. I just can't do that all day, every day. So I have to be a little picky sometimes, but yeah, that's the only thing I PC is Brady. And so my favorite PC would be one of those cards. I'll show you next week. And I'm chasing the card that you'll see here very shortly. All right. What's that next question? <laughs> so I've been trying to get my kids into collecting sports cards. Any advice on how to get them excited about it and keep them Josh and I don't know anything about this. We don't have kids. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. Between the two of us, we have 11. <laughs> like anything with my kids to keep them engaged in it, I need to be a partaker in it as well. So if I just take them to the Good shop, point. sit down, go pick out what you want. Let's go. They're going to take home. But when they get to do it with dad or get to do it with someone else, then I think that fuels that passion a little bit. With them, you got to keep them in it, I guess, you know, like you got to buy them some stuff every now and again and be willing to take them down to the card shop. I mean, it takes some work to do that, but, um, you know, they, I, as soon as a child can see that they can take this card they pulled from a pack and sell it for a hundred dollars <laughs> or turn it into a bunch of other cards or turn it into a box they can open and enjoy more and they can understand that part of it. That would be some advice, like teach them about the money-making side of it and then keep them engaged by being engaged with it. It's like anything even outside of sports. If I want my kids to stay involved with it, I need to take the time and effort to jump in it with them because when dad's excited to do it with them, then they're excited to do it or mom. So for me, and this is a, a trick that I learned when I was helping with youth groups in college um, is that you stop the activity, whether it's a game or anything like collecting cards, you, you stop the activity while it's still fun. Like you know, ne I never let my kids play a game until they get tired of it and they want to stop. I, I say, I, I say, all right, that's it. And I was like, oh, we're having so much fun. And then that way they want to come back for it. That and the fact that every time they're playing a game, it's always that last time where somebody gets hurt. So I want to avoid that always. But yeah, <laughs> that's a trick. It's a little mental trick. Stop them. Like, don't keep doing it until they get tired. Do it. Give them a taste of it. And then pull back a little bit and make them want to do it more. Don't don't burn them out. And like Josh said, make it fun and and make it something that you could do with them. Yeah. And 
Joe said, be on the receiving end of a few bad deals with them to make them feel like they're coming out ahead. Yeah. Make them feel like they have the ability to rip someone off. <laughs> All right. Um, next question. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. No, I want to I touch one more thing on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. De- Derek says his dad got him into collecting by taking him to the local shop buying Indians. Oh, yeah. The yeah getting too. that cardboard and turning that into a real experience is key. That, yeah. that, a fan for life, if you could. And I, I know I'll sound like a, a salesman here, but the thought of like our, our Bowman break that we're doing tonight, those spots were $12.99. Buy yourself a spot and buy your son a spot. I know a few father sons that do that. Then they get to sit down, watch it together. They each kind of got a dog in the fight and it gets, it gets them into the fun of watching the cards get open too. So another thought, Hey, by the way, we're doing some breaks. <laughs> All right. What's that next question, Jacob? Guys, do you think the sports card hobby will ever fade away entirely or will it always have a dedicated fan base? Let me let me jump in here and then as a card shop owner, I want you to, to follow up. Guys, before the internet, before, heck, before even electricity, right? Before phones, before technology, people... Before cars. They were collecting stuff. They were collecting cards. Cards were used to sell tobacco and gum and candy. Before the Titanic. (laughs) So so I think, and if you talk to anybody that's been in this hobby for more than, see, when did the boom hit? 2017, 18, until now. You talk to people that own card shops or were hardcore collectors uh, in the junk wax era and, and survive that. This is, we'll, we'll be fine. Yep. Whatever, whatever you're hearing as far as a downturn, I know there've been some videos talking about um, how prices have dropped. A lot of that content is through the lens of people that got in at the height. Um, and of course things are going to swing back especially when things get overheated. So the hobby will be fine. That's yeah. And, and, a, and a quick visual illustration of here's where the people probably see me say this, here's where the hobby was and here's COVID. And then it comes down and here's where it is now. Well, it's still up from where it was. And yeah. It, and a lot of people will say this, I bet you liked all this uh, new attention. Yeah, I bet you liked this boom to the hobby. And I say, we were doing fine before COVID, you know, the store was growing and was staying in business. And so people just didn't realize that card shops were here and doing what they have been doing, but yeah, here long before COVID we'll be here long after in the boom. And um, now will it change and look different for sure. And the next couple of years, it's going to change probably a good bit or morph in different ways, but um, yeah, like, my comment here that I didn't type, but someone else that I agree with this, the collector's market may be down, but the hobby and the drive for collecting will never die. This applies to all different types of collecting without, without a doubt. So, yep. And remember we're in a little bit of a down rookie class period of time too. All it takes, you know, the, the next year's basketball dude, that's going to be in the product is supposed to be insane. That'll drive basketball product again and make it really hot. This next football draft class, this product has, what, three quarterbacks in the top five or six, right? So 
and, and then Will Levis down a little bit. So if he plays well, I mean, that'll jack the price and the, the make it hot again as well. Um, you're always talking about customers asking questions in the chat. So we don't want to neglect one. I'll give the, so Dave asks about how I got into the sports card shop industry. We've done an episode on this before. I'll give the really abbreviated version. Um, we'd lived in Rock Hill for a few years. I had driven by Grand Slam several times, didn't know what it was. Um, I had drew my brother-in-law's name for Secret Santa one Christmas in 2017. And I said to my sister, what is what do you think he wants? It's like, well, get him some Magic the Gathering stuff. And I was like, oh, I know that Grand Slam shop has Magic the Gathering. I'll go buy his thing there because I like supporting small local small businesses. And uh, But I remember I went to Target first and I took a big picture of their Magic the Gathering section. And I sent it to her and I said, is this the type of stuff that he wants? Because I didn't know anything about this. And she said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I'm going to go buy it from that Grand Slam shop. It'll give me a reason to go in there. And so I went in there. I said, hey, I'm looking for Magic the Gathering stuff for my brother-in-law. He said, yep, we got it. I said, I scoped out what I wanted at Target, but I want to come buy it from you, even if it costs me a little bit more because I want to support this shop. And he said, oh, no, we're cheaper than Target. I said, cool, win-win. So we, I bought some stuff. I was talking with the guy behind the counter. And as we were checking out, I said, why is there a for sale sign on the window? He said the previous owner passed away and he had been running the shop for his wife and she's looking to sell it. I said, oh, how much? He gets out a sticky note, writes down a number on it, slides it across the counter to me. I looked at it and I was like, for everything? Yeah, that's for everything. I said, hmm. Uh, and I didn't have any money. So I went to my brother who did. <laughs> and we had talked about, because I had ran some retail stores in the past, and we had talked about maybe doing something together where he would finance it and I would run it. And so I went to him and I said, hey, I was down at this little card shop and it's for sale. And I go on this big, long spiel. He says, cut to the chase. How much? I told him the number and he said, that's it. I said, yeah, <laughs> kind of what I thought. But in hindsight, you know, we think a little differently now, but um so he said, all right, well, let's go talk to him. So we went and talked to him. Took several weeks um, before we could iron out all the details. The price did change over that time. And uh, that's a story for another day. But um, we took ownership. That was late November, early December. And we took ownership in the keys. And our first day of ownership was Christmas of 2017. And if you go back and look at the pictures on the shelf, it's filled with 2017 hobby football with Patrick Mahomes rookie cards in there for $80 a box and $150 for prism boxes. You can zoom in on some of the pictures I have and you can see the prices on some of the boxes and insane. So that was the first hobby product I sold, but it was kind of like, all right, we own the shop now. And, uh, you know, anything about Pokemon? No, I don't know anything about Pokemon. <laughs> you know anything about Yu-Gi-Oh? No. I haven't collected sports cards since the nineties, but I know how to make a store look good. I know how to treat people right. And uh, I know how to ring stuff up. So we'll learn the rest. And so this is six years later um, after COVID I, I bought my brother out. And so now I, I own it solely. Um, but that's the somewhat abbreviated story of how 
Grand Slam Rock Hill came to be for us. Awesome. All right. Any more questions there? Let me, let me take just just a couple uh, compliments. Derek gave us a night one. Never uh, never visited the shop in person, but we are the best guys he's ever dealt with. And Derek, one of your cards that you opened today that we shipped you a box of. Derek pulled a card that made our hits from the shop segment coming up. So nice. Derek, we got your card in there. Stay tuned. Um, Dave, let, let us know if you're going to be at, at card night. I know, um, I know that you're probably going to be at the, uh, at the Charlotte show, but uh, I won't be there. So let me know if you're going to be at card night. Looking forward to catching up with you. So last yeah. question. One more depth in that story too. Uh, yeah. Dave. Listen. Uh, last question, I think. One more, Jacob. Uh, I think we did this one last. Yeah, week. yeah, we did. I think, uh, it was the one basketball. Yes. Hey guys, I feel like you don't talk about basketball as much as other sports. Why? And who are some of your favorite players to watch in the NBA right now? That's an astute observation. Um, basketball's third on the totem pole at the store as well. Um, I, I tracked that the first few years in the shop and at the, you know, football would be the baseball season would come along and it would slowly. And by the end of the year, those two were pretty close and basketball was way down here. Then the Zion class in 2018 hit and things boomed and basketball jumped way up there. And now it's kind of chilled out for us and baseball and football are still number one. So that's one reason probably why we don't talk about it as much. We, we sell a lot of basketball product in the shop a good bit of it so um i have one favorite player in the nba right now whenever my kids get cocky on nba 2k i sit down i pull out the dallas mavericks and i play with luka Doncic. he's he's my favorite basketball player right now i predicted as a rookie that he would end up with the all-time scoring record at the end of his career lebron's gonna make it tough but that's my prediction but yeah i mean i'm not I grew up like every kid in the nineties worshiping Michael Jordan. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Who's your favorite, Michael? Do I know this? You like Tatum. I bet you Tatum's your man. I like Tatum. Um, I don't watch a lot of basketball until it gets to playoff basketball. You know what? Before the whole one and done thing, I used to be a huge college basketball guy. I used to be a huge Duke fan. And sometimes I'll tune in in the March Madness. But I just think I fell away from it when when Jordan left, and um, you know I just uh, LeBron didn't really re resonate with me. Um, I think what happened with me is that uh, oddly enough, I started playing a little bit of golf and got into golf, and I'd rather watch Tiger than I would LeBron, <laughs> and so just started watching more golf than than basketball but you know uh, i think basketball burned a lot of collectors i yeah. think a lot of people got hurt financially um with the zion jaw uh, that whole class because it just got so overheated and um you know even if zion gets healthy for a majority of a season i don't know if anybody's going to really recover from that uh so but my favorite player to collect right now uh, are just, you know, they're second tier guys. You know, uh, one of my card from the vault is one of my players. Uh, and 
save that for for a card from the vault. But a guy that I, I really enjoy watching and people just think he's either a jerk or just weird. And I've mentioned him on the show before, but I really like watching Kyrie Irving. Hmm. I, I if you watch him play it's just a beautiful brand of basketball it's just he just I don't know if he'll ever learn how to play with other people on the playground yeah so my I, I have another favorite that I mean it sounds like a bandwagon a little bit but I just love watching Steph Curry play and shoot it's just that's no secret but that guy is just unbelievable I told someone today I said they should they should do a game where the game plan is every play Steph shoots a three, like just make it where Steph shoots. Because statistically, you're going to put up X amount of points and probably win. Someone laughs. <laughs> yeah, just have all the other guys crash the boards and just have him shoot. Because you watch him shoot outside of games, he doesn't miss. Just doesn't miss. Like I think I saw a video where he shot a hundred three pointers and went all around the outside of it. And I think he missed like two or three out of a hundred, maybe two, I think just unreal. So, yeah. And I think that's the, I think that's the case for most professional athletes. Like I've gotten a chance to play golf with some guys that had had a cup of coffee on the, at that time it was the nationwide tour and everybody at that level hits it a, a mile and they, 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 want. they, the way they control the ball, it's crazy. And if they miss a putt, if they throw another putt ball down, they're going to make the second one. And so yeah. I think everybody at that level, I mean, shooting, shooting around in the gym when you're not being pressured is like that. You should be able to make every shot. It should feel like a free throw. Sure. So, all well, right. And, it's, and to back that up, someone told me today in the shop that, um, yeah, like video of like Shaq at practice shooting free throws. It was just, one right after the other just made them all the time. So, so strange that the pressure of the game would change it that much, but it is time. Questions. What? Go ahead. Oh, I said, those questions. are good questions. That's uh, it's time good. for card from the vault. We're going to show Jacob, show your two cards from the vault. Um, and then Josh, uh, if you want to chime in on them, because I have no idea who this person is. This is Dakota Kai. She is one half of the Damage Control WWE Women's Tag Team. Is she, is she related to Cobra Kai? She is not, but uh, she ain't ugly. <laughs> uh, Dakota Kai. So, yeah. What's the... Uh, so, you can see the one on the right is the Black Prism. One of one. Got one of one. Ten. And uh, one on the left is the one of one, right, too, Jacob? That one, yeah. So they're both one of ones. Dakota Kai is Jacob's PC. So those are two great My cards goodness. from his vault. Thank you. It's Cobb. All right. <laughs> Jacob just got a compliment in the comments from Facebook. <laughs> All right. You're fired. Yeah. Jacob. I mean, he's, yeah. <laughs> not, not bad tonight. Um, no, he's oh, giving boy. Himself oh a boy, he has given himself a round of applause. Going to his head now. Ooh. All right, so is it me or you first? Let me go. Okay. So uh, this is one of the players that I root for. He is one of the nice guys in the NBA. And uh, I've been wanting this card for a while. And at some point, it was fairly expensive for me. 
Uh, it's dropped considerably, but this is uh, from 2012 Prism, and I like to call this the original Downtown. The original the, there. Tilt the top down, genius. So it's Downtown Bound. It's the Clay Thompson. Yeah, uh, I thought you'd say prison. Clay Thompson on your favorite to watch because he's fun to watch too. But yes, <clears> just a a be- yeah, he plays a beautiful brand of basketball too. Try but- to tilt me the other way with the top. Keep going. Oh yeah, you're still going to get computer glare. All right, you had it right. Um, this is a cool insert, right? Um, the the silvers in this super rare. There's even greens and golds of this. I, yeah. I would love to put the rainbow together for for Clay Thompson in the downtown bound set. It is one of my favorite cards, so I'm probably going to send that off to to get graded. It won't jam. It'll probably get a nine at the the most. But the guy's got four rings. Um, yeah. He's one of the most prolific three point shooters in the history of the NBA. He just happens to be playing with probably a top five player. So. It's yeah, just nothing. The other more shade. prolific three point shooter. Yeah, yes, the bigger shadow. Yep. So, so that's my card from the vault. You're up. Mine goes along with the news that we broke last week during the podcast. Um, but a customer pulled this. It's one of the hits from the shop coming up in a segment in just a minute. But uh, the old A Aaron downtown customer pulled this out of a blaster box mm. here at the shop um sold it to us today and so yeah if you get the light right you get the you get the rainbow effect it looks really cool and i don't know what i'm doing here so is the cow on his shoulders or jumping over him the cow is behind like it's riding a big wave of milk behind him almost but There's some, uh, yeah, there's some weird uh, ice cream, minty ice cream and cows and stuff in there. But that one, too, may be going off to old PSA. We've I've studied this thing today and there's not a flaw on it. So along that line, someone asked about my Holy Grail card. This wouldn't probably be a Grail Grail card, but um, I'm going to look at the National for the Tom Brady version of this. Um, I, this is the only one of these I've seen in person. It's the manga prism insert and it's Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, the, the Brady, Brady one has him with the infinity gauntlet. Oh yeah. That's the one I would probably call that my grail as of right now, but this is the Aaron Rodgers version. It's in the shop in the showcase here at the shop for sale. And uh, yeah, that's like I said, that's the only one in person I've seen one of those manga inserts. They are, Case of case hits, from what I hear, they're super hard to pull, which is why the Brady one's like three grand. There it is. Oof, I want that card. I haven't looked at the price lately. Someone tell me the price has come down. <laughs> Doubt it, but that would be nice. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my eyes out for last national. I went there. I said I need to replace a Brady downtown that I sold that I wish I had enough, and a Brady kaboom that I sold that I wish I had enough. The only two Brady cards I sold that I wish I had enough. And I found two of each and then I found the auto and then I found more stuff and I spent too much. So we'll see what happens this year. Josh, let's do some hits from the shop before we get people out of here. 
All right, Jacob, get these babies queued up. These are cards that customers have pulled. We've taken pictures of sometimes like this one, Derek hit this one um, out of an Allen and Ginter box, sent me the picture of it. So if I don't have the picture in person, like if a customer sends me a picture, I do something like this, but uh, good old Chipper Jones autograph card. Congrats, Derek. Thank you for the purchase. Congrats on the hit. Next card. This is one we featured last week. I got the customer brought it in to show it to me in person. So I got a little better picture of it, but the man, what he owns the goal record now at 50. Is that right? See, I know my soccer. I, he's knocking on the door. I, I, I think he's, he's close. I'll have to okay. check into that. I would have probably seen. Now I know. Now I know more about soccer than you. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he owns the EPL single season scoring record at 50. Suck on that, Michael. I knew more about soccer <laughs> than you tonight. <laughs> this guy's super collectible. Erling Holland. Yeah. What is that? Three of seven. Yeah, I believe three of seven. Oh. Auto out of Leaf Pure. So yeah, that's a cool looking. Someone fact check me on that while we go on. Next card. Jacob. I'm going to, I'm fact checking you right now. All right. Here's a little breeze hall action out of leaf. Just a leaf valiant hit. Another customer pulled this from the shop and brought it in. Let me take a look at it. I said, let me take a picture. I think it's low number two. It's less than 10. It's or maybe even less than five. So Desmond Ritter was kind of hot this week out of our shop. So we've got uh, the rookie of the year contender number 99 on card auto there that a customer pulled. I think we got what's the next one? Uh, blue Jameson Williams out of Contenders Optic that we'll be opening tonight. A box of that one's numbered as well. The blue variation. Customer, this is a funny story. You're like, well, how did a customer pull this card? This is a pull back in 2018, and the customer brought it into the shop for the first time and showed us. This is the purple. What, number to 150, I think? Um, Ronald Acuna on card out of Topps Chrome, rookie auto. Uh, we're submitting this for him to get it graded. That's why we got to see it in person. So I you said, guys that are listening and not seeing this, this card is awesome. It's a it's a beauty. So he brought it into sub, sub it to PSA, and I said, you know what? This is a hit from the shop. I need a picture of this. So uh, the next card. I uh, just thought this was cool because a little color match, Green Bay, Romeo Dobbs, you know, low numbered contenders on card, rookie auto, nothing crazy, but it was pretty sweet looking. Uh, these are case hits. So a customer hit out of Donruss, clearly the Gridiron Marvels, Aiden Hutchinson. Sent me a picture and then brought it in to show it off. Thank you very much. Another Desmond Ritter Contenders Optic on-card auto. Hoping for a big year out of him. Followed up by another Desmond Ritter, like the one before, just not or not numbered, but also on-card. We definitely need a big year out of him. So this is another on-card out of Contenders Optic. little Chris Olave. That was out. No, that's out of regular Contenders. Uh, this one's out of optic, uh, uh, low-numbered Mahomes. Those are always worth a picture, in my opinion. Uh, Redemption, J.J. Watt. This is out of uh, Contender's Tribute Autograph. So that's another optic hit that a customer got. J.J. Watt. 
And then there's our downtown Aaron Rodgers that we showed you a little bit ago. Just looks good on the stand, so I had to take a picture there. And the next one, there's and there's the last one that I got a picture of, the big one of the week. This is the almost million dollar car. This is the number to 299 version of this card. So the card number to one, just like this, is the one that fetches a million dollars. But that's the Drew Jones first Bowman Chrome Auto number to 299. Congrats to the customer that pulled it. Hopefully we can pull something out of one of these two Bowman boxes that's pretty sweet like that. So that concludes. I don't get all the pictures. People sometimes need oh, to send me their pictures. Oh, update. Update. One one of those cards just closed on eBay. For a thousand. the episode. So just under a thousand. That's a nice hit. That is a very nice hit. Very nice hit. Ungraded, too. This may be uh, the other one to grade well. Awesome. Um, before Josh gets to Crazy Stat of the Week, just a quick reminder. If you guys haven't already, subscribe, like. Drop a comment. Thank you for being with us this far into the episode. Uh, another reminder, card night is this Saturday um, from 4 to 9. It is free of charge if you want to just come. Tables are still available. Uh, there's, a, there's a link on our Facebook page for the event, and um, we'd love to see you out there. Yep, it's going to be fun. Absolutely. And if you are in, uh, Ed, if you're in any of the three breaks tonight, those are going to take place one, two, three, right after the podcast. I'll just have to get set up. So stay tuned for that. And are you ready for a couple crazy stats of the week? Let's do it. These are kind of cool. This is a Ted Williams stat. So fun fact, Ted Williams is in the Red Sox Hall of Fame, the Padres Hall of Fame, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. The International Game and Fish Association Hall of Fame <laughs> and the Marine Corps Sports Hall of Fame. So, congrats, Ted Williams, if you're watching. Great job. Um, <laughs> Dick Groat. I know it's this a family. Is. It's a family show. Um, Dick Groat was a baseball player who served in the Army. He played in the NBA as well. He won the 1960 National League MVP award. He beat out a few guys that weren't too bad. Willie Mays, Ernie Banks, Roberto Clemente, Hank Aaron, and Stan Musial. This person says, Dick Grote, the legend. So I thought those were two just kind of cool, old school, those, crazy stats. Those two crazy stats make me feel like I'm an underachiever. We'll put you in the Grand Slam Hall of Fame. Oh, I like it. Uh, Robert Knight says, what's the break order? You know what? I, as much as people aren't going to like this, I probably got to do the football first. It's the fastest, has the least amount of cards, and it was the one we posted first, even though it was the one we filled last. So football, Bowman, Bowman. But the football one won't take long. Come hang out in a few minutes and watch. We'll go live on YouTube and on the Facebook break page and on the regular break page. Awesome. Thank you very much. Guys, thank you. Josh, good seeing you. Jacob, thank you for producing. See you next week. Thank you, Jacob, for a almost flawless job. Peace. See ya.